And what have you been up to this weekend, Marty? Friday night, I was in a raid with the Dungeon Dojo people. Oh my goodness, I've heard, of, I've heard of them. Oh, yeah. you, you, you sneaked in. I, I didn't did. know. <laughs> on this on this very character. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Please don't look at the logs. Please don't. No, um, I won't look at the logs. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, Marty was doing some research for us. Just, uh, you know, undercover. Undercover uh, agent. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to expose it all on the podcast. <laughs> oh, no. Hello and welcome to Talking Wow, the podcast where we talk about World of Warcraft, believe it or not. And today we are going to be talking about the positive impact of Wow communities. And to do that, we have a special guest. We have the Dungeon Dojo. What is the head of a dojo actually? Well, we just rebranded the, the the guys Sensei. So Sensei, okay. <laughs> so the Sensei of the Dungeon Dojo, it's Wochi. Hello, Wochi. Welcome to Talking Wow. Thank you for having me. Hello, everybody. And also, we have our co-host Marty. Hello, Marty. Uh, oh yeah, I'm here too. I was in the raid. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we are so excited to talk with to you today, Wochi, because Dungeon Dojo is something that. I heard about when I started getting back into World of Warcraft around Dragonflight. And since then, I've been sort of on the outskirts of the community, but slowly been getting involved, uh, getting involved as in just meeting people from the dojo and discovering what a great place that is. And if you don't know, the Dungeon Dojo is an inclusive WoW community that helps players group up for Mythic Plus and Normal Raids in a safe and non-judgmental environment. So before we get into that, Wochi, how about we just go into a little bit about your background with World of Warcraft and perhaps how long you've been playing and yeah, your your history in Azeroth. Absolutely. Um, I started to play uh, at the end of Burning Crusade. I believe that the, the I started when uh, uh, Black Temple was the last raid uh, available at the time. And I just uh, immersed myself. I was very noob in terms of lore, in terms of whatever uh, the game w was going to offer me. Uh, to the point I, I even thought that uh, Torrin were uh, menacing um, creatures like Minotaurs and all that, like evil uh, to the core. And then I realized that most, the most pacific creatures in the in probably <laughs> wow but that's never mind so i started to play uh as i said at the end of the tbc and i played very casually i didn't know what dungeons were i didn't know what guilds could do together and after joining a couple i decided to make my own and this is why my guild infinity challenge at the beginning uh, was created in 2008 and we still exist since then i always play shaman I never stopped playing Shaman. <laughs> I only basically play Shaman because uh, I realized that uh, I, I'm a sucker for collections. I'm a sucker for titles, pets, mounts, bogs, and everything. So having them spread uh, all across multiple accounts uh, wasn't really my thing. And I never chased any meta. So even if the Shaman was bad, I still play Shaman because all my achievement points were there. And frankly, <laughs> that's how I feel about the, the 
about Peter. Yeah. And I also actually, I was in your stream the other day and you were getting ready for the early launch of Diablo 4 and I saw you looking up builds and I saw you looking up chain lightning builds for Diablo 4. So you're just like, there might not be a shaman class in Diablo 4 yet, but Wochi's going to no, yeah, recreate absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, one of the builds that I was uh, testing was definitely the chain, <laughs> chain lightning building. So, I mean, if there isn't a shaman, I'll make sure there is a shaman. Regardless. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I've been playing for quite a while. I think I took uh, like a sabbatical uh, at the end uh, of uh, Pandaria. So I didn't actually experience uh, as a current content uh, Throne of Thunder. Uh, but yeah, I've I, I played a lot of MMOs in my, in my history. So World of Warcraft wasn't uh, a new thing for me in terms of genre of games. Uh, because uh, my first one, I believe, was... Uh, uh, Ultima Online, when we oh, were having uh, classic 56k uh, modems, uh, <laughs> and uh, you had to ask your mom if you could play some video games. But yeah, it's it, it was it was an interesting thing uh, discovering a new MMO that actually caught me a bit of guard at the beginning, and then it just involved me so much that uh, it became the only game I played for several years. Yeah, it's a long history. And I think we forget just how long World of Warcraft has been out for sometimes that, that when we're playing this currently and how the game has evolved and changed and it's just so easy to forget like, oh, you know what? This game's almost 20 years old now and we've been playing it for a long time and people have taken breaks from like certain expansions and come back again. And I, I'm always fascinated when I read about somebody that's like, oh yeah, I played back in Mists of Pandera and I took a break and now I'm back for Dragonfly. I'm like. That's just mind-blowing because the mm, game has changed yeah. so much as well. Yeah, it is insane to actually tell uh, to people that stopped this long what is the changes, especially now that we now have a talent system back and in Pandaria we have the very backbone talent system. So it's like, now you have all these options. Good yeah, luck. At least, a, <laughs> at least there's a little bit of familiarity with you know, perhaps people that played when the game first launched. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, I remember that talent tree. It's just the same, isn't it? It's always been like that. Yeah, no? clearly. Uh, nothing has changed there. All is no. fine. <laughs> <laughs> so moving forward to the present day. Yes. In World of Warcraft, you created a space called the Dungeon Dojo. Yes. Why exactly. did you do that? So it actually it started when i i first started it started in my head at least when i first started playing world of warcraft because i remember uh, being a lonely enhancement shaman uh, in burning crusade and uh, magister terras came out as a dungeon and uh, nobody nobody wanted to play with enhancement shaman no. i, I the, the, the literally there was no invite i was spamming the, the logs and saying Hey, I'm an announcement shaman looking for Magister Tales. Can anybody invite me? And uh, it was, unless it was a guild group, uh, of course, but there was no interest uh, on bringing something that wasn't uh, that strong or that meta or that uh, important in terms of buffs for the, for the group or utility, how we call it now. So the internal LFG system has always been uh, very flawed. Not just in terms of the actual utility of the system, but also because, of course, it's, uh, uh, it's driven by the players. And when something is driven by the players, unfortunately, you end up in a situation that relies on choices, and the human choices always try to benefit themselves and not the, the, the collective, like we can, we can say. So they're always going to be picking up uh, 
the best people for the job and not anybody that applies. You know, in, in a workplace, you can understand that. But in a game, is basically excluding somebody for doing some content and is just not fair. And then it marginalizes these people. These people then go and have a, a bad time into the game because I've oh, got denied. I'm not going to be applying anymore. I'm not going to be doing this content anymore because there's nobody that wants me. And this is a strong feeling, especially now that everybody wants to um, have this type of experience and they are denied this type of experience. Yeah, and people as well want to play perhaps the spec that they want to play as well. And we've seen it so many times in the past where it's like, oh, hey, you, you, you can't play as a fire mage. You got to play as a frost mage or, you know, something like that. And it's really just limiting because there's so many, you know, specializations and there's so yeah. many different builds as well. And I know it's something that me and Marty talk about a lot. People bringing the class and the spec that they feel comfortable with. And when people feel most comfortable and they understand what they're playing, they're obviously going to perform better as well and sometimes they might perform better than somebody who is playing something they copied off a website because they feel more comfortable with it and they understand it as well and i think in the player base sometimes it just gets a bit lost isn't it it's like oh if you're not playing this build with this class and you have this gear then automatically you're ruled out of being even considered for something and that's ridiculous really isn't it absolutely it's uh it is something that uh uh, you see a lot of uh, list of who is the best DPS, who is the best tank, and the problem of that is that there is no more critical judgment into analyzing these posts and say, well, they might be the best, but because maybe they're played by the best players, so these best players have a pixel perfect uh, timing in all their cooldowns, in all their movements, they know exactly to the T how to play their class, so this is why they are the best and they make their class being on top but in reality for the majority of of, of player i would say for the for a good 95 96 percent of the player base those lists means nothing because you're not gonna be ever that perfect because if you were that perfect you were not looking at least you know you are perfect so you don't need the list. <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's a dog that is trying to eat his own tail, or chasing his own tail in this case. Uh, lists are made for those who want to follow, but not necessarily they apply to everybody. I, I have to 100% agree with that, because I've seen it uh, quite a few times where someone has been playing a spec, and they're like trying to actually you know, follow the, the internet specs, the ones that you're supposed, and then they're like all of a sudden performing worse than they did before they used the, the internet oh, spec yeah. because you know, they're used to playing with, with these talents and these abilities, and, and so they just know them by heart, so they just perform better because they don't, have, they don't have to think, they just do it. So you created the Dungeon Dojo mm -hmm. to counter this Absolutely. Point. And uh, it, it stayed... Uh, it existed for a uh, uh, whole year before it actually exploded because, yes, I made this, 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 uh, this uh, Discord, this community, and we did good stuff. We did the uh, uh, KSM for some people, we helped Dungeon, but it really exploded when uh, uh, World of Warcraft announced Season 4 of uh, Shadowlands. And Season 4 of Shadowlands was the time when we had the Fated Raids and one of the decisions, of course, of Blizzard was that uh, the special mount for completing the Fated Raid was only awarded from normal and above difficulty, not for LFR. So there were a lot of people that they were there 
upset because they didn't have anybody to raid with. They couldn't do LFR to win the, the Slime Kitty. And they were just upset. And uh, we decided, okay, we're going to be running as the dojo every week, every single uh, raid to, uh, to make sure that everybody that was feeling left out of this situation was going to get an amount of the choice. And it started, I mean, we had the first, uh, I believe, three or four months with a... Not three or four months, sorry. Three or four sessions of raids uh, with like 30 people in the raid every time. And we had, a, I believe, at the end of the season four, the, the count was 65, 66 uh, Slime Kit Mounty. And there was even the Honolulu Guild, uh, which now is uh, uh, World 21st, I believe, for this season, that helped us uh, running this dungeon to make sure that the fight were going smoother. Uh, we had all the possible uh, fix for uh, key roles, if in case we needed a healer, or in case we needed a big DPS. They were straight into helping as well as... Uh, and it was just a, a beautiful time. Everybody was having fun. We were already only raiding normal, so we're not going to be doing anything too complicated because uh, I, I didn't want to overcomplicate, especially for those that never raided, which were, there were quite a lot in the, in the group. And we just wanted to say, okay, these are the strategy, backbone abilities, let's go and have fun. And we just blasted through them. And that's when the dojo actually, I will say, exploded in terms of popularity, because everybody, at least in EU, know, knew what we were doing. There were also runs for the uh, Season 4 Slime Kitty done by our counterpart NA, because we have NA players in our uh, servers as well. But yeah... That was uh, the big explosion, and on, on the tail end of that, uh, people now started to ask us to help uh, for KSM. And that's went through the entirety of Season 4, and I believe that we achieved uh, 45-46 KSM across the entirety, which is not maybe in, in the scope of how many people there are in the dojo a big number, but it was for us uh, a big number for us that allowed us to put our name out uh, to do more. Yeah, and I think even, you know, any number like that, I feel like the dojo is just a place that just would celebrate that anyway, because absolutely, it, it, you have people coming in to the dojo, maybe like myself, who have not really stepped into any Mythic Plus at all, because quite frankly, the game in that department is very intimidating, especially for players that, you know, have no background of that coming into that it's a scary place because it can be extremely toxic and oh, when you're absolutely. Not, if you're not doing something right the people are very quick to probably tell you that in a way that's not very constructive at all and i think you know a place like the dojo it's just so refreshing to come in and see that understanding and people putting an arm around you and you know helping you enjoy this part of the game because like you say this is a game and we're supposed to be enjoying it yeah, absolutely. And uh, the, the, the important part is, of course, uh, uh, on a side note, uh, that number that I mentioned earlier, it was just the, the number of KSM I personally helped to achieve. Uh, there were many others in, in the dojo that were do, performing at the point on the tail end of me trying to fit everybody into a group. Uh, you know, oh, we have four tanks. Can we make four groups today? Yes. Okay. So I, I run four people in. Do you, you other people, uh, the other senseis, can who, who were there helping 
So I, I, at the end of the day, I don't even know how many cases I'm, we did in the end. I know what I <laughs> helped achieving because I was there physically. And, and the cool thing is that uh, Raider Ayo also saw what we were doing. And I don't know if it was directly inspired. They will never um, probably <laughs> admit it or not. I don't know. I, I don't, it's not important. But the, the creation of the Break the Meta uh, event for us was basically a daily routine. We always break the meta in the dojo because <laughs> literally nobody gets left out because of a spec. And even with that title, I think we were in the region of 100 banners that we helped achieving because we needed only two dungeons at the level 15 and above for qualifying. So everybody that was playing an off meta got in, got into dungeon, out, another one in. <laughs> it was literally revolving doors. Uh, and we keep doing it and they supported us on that and they praised that which is uh, again getting praises from your peers is always uh, a telltale sign that you're doing the right thing in some ways and I, I quite like the whole break the meta theme anyway of just encouraging people to play what they want but I also think thematically it just comes back to like you Wochi when you were trying to find a group as your shaman and you couldn't because of your spec and it's just like it started there and now that's not a thing anymore. It's like, yeah, full circle. You bring that wacky, wacky <laughs> spec and uh, let's see what we can do with it. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I mean, in in season uh, one of Dragonflight, there was another break the meta and we uh, did our group as uh, Survival Hunter, uh, Guardian Druid, uh, myself as Elemental, there was uh, uh, Arcane Mage and Holy Priest. That was our group, <laughs> which is completely, we went in completely hardcore with one battle rest and a, let's hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. It was so much fun. But as well, it's it's just like exploring a part of the game of, of creating almost a, an extra challenge for yourself, isn't it? And, and you see people do this in all types of video games where, you know, they're playing Dark Souls with an... Uh, guitar hero guitar <laughs> or something and it's just like okay we may not be the most optimized specs and classes going into this dungeon but that does not mean we cannot do it <laughs> absolutely absolutely yes it, it, it is uh, it really tells when people want to play just the class they want because that's what they like and it is sad when you see people that say oh uh, the internet told me that my spec is not mm. good so I'm re-rolling Never listen to the internet. That is uh, probably my takeaway from that. God, yeah. Yes. Now listen to the internet. We've been talking about Mythic Plus. And yes. I have been watching you play on Twitch and streaming a lot <laughs> of Mythic Plus. And it's been really yes. great for me because, again, I'm someone that has not really touched Mythic Plus at all. But your approach to the game is quite unique in some ways. I, that The fact that you're here to educate people. You are a sensei after all. Mm-hmm. But Mythic Plus can be quite high pressured. You know, there's that clock yes. ticking and you're trying to reach an objective. How do you keep cool in these moments? And how do you keep your head when things don't go the right way and outwardly communicate that? So we're not competing with uh, any type of tournament. And at the end of the day, any dungeon that gets completed, even if it is over time, will still provide uh, something in your vault. So my take is always the same. Even if you don't get any points, if you complete a 16 and above in time, it's going to give you a 441 in the vault. So consider that as, okay, we didn't get any point. I'm not progressing my KSM, but I got an item. 
and maybe next week uh, this item is gonna be my my best in slot. It's gonna be my piece of tier that I don't have to upgrade. It's my, gonna be my best trinket or my best weapon. And if you move the scope in, in, in a positive way, yes, we failed this, but I got something still. Every, everything else, it becomes easier. It becomes uh, easier to the mind and you're not stressing too much for a timer. Unless, of course, that was the dungeon that was giving you the KSM, which is, oh, we missed it, but we can do another one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the dungeons are still going to be there. The dungeons are, are there to, for us to do whenever you want, how, how many times we want. We failed one, we jump on the boat, we do another one. That's all you can do. Just, I know so many players just don't get that. The just whole aspect of, well, yeah, but if we complete this, we get the item, and then next week we're a little bit stronger, and then we have a better chance. And like you say, taking that step back, and seeing the bigger picture. Yeah, I, I love that answer as well because I, I, that's basically what I'm having to deal with in, in my guild currently is that, that these people just want to push, push, push. And I'm like, yeah, but, and they have more time to play than I have. So if they want to push with, you know, I cannot keep up with that. Sure, it, it's fun for you, but it's not fun for me because I just want to, to you know, slow down a little bit. Let's just, you know, do stuff and, and, and fill up that vault and, and everybody have fun together, you know, so... Absolutely. So it's then I told Marty about the dungeon dojo. Yes, thank you. And, uh, <laughs> and now we are here. <laughs> and now we are here talking about it. <laughs> Full circle, yeah, Marty, right? Absolutely. Full circle. Absolutely. So yeah, Mythic Plus. Uh, we're going to take a little little change of direction yes. here, Wochi, because I know you play a lot of Mythic Dungeons. Right now, we are in Season 2 of yes. Dragonflight. How do you feel the state of Mythic Plus is right now? In my opinion, the state of the of Mythic Plus right now is in a much better context, in a much better uh, world now, because of the changes that they applied on uh, Season 2 now. It makes it uh, much easier to run keys uh, without uh, overcomplicating too much uh, the already complicated dungeons that some of them are, and it makes it much more accessible to everybody uh, and I'm going to be explaining uh, myself in a bit more in season one of Dragonflight and before uh, reaching level 10 you're already dealing with a very complicated uh, dungeon and four different affixes one of them being the one that we call seasonal um, which was changing from season to season and it was going to be like a high risk high reward type of affix to deal with i know you know kill an ad in a certain time everybody gets a buff okay in season two they scrapped entirely the system and uh, removed the uh, seasonal affix there is no more seasonal affix and they reduced the number of total affixes that you're ever gonna get in a key so the base affix every week is gonna be either tyrannical or fortified and then at level seven of a dungeon, you will get the first one. So until level seven, you only have to deal with two affixes. And at level 14, you're gonna get the third and final affix. That means that at the very best, you have only to deal with three affixes, one of them being a bit harder than the other two, of course, but is much less on the, on the brain of people to deal with because the mechanics of some of the fights are very complicated and the overlaps of some of these affixes can cause wipes in multiple ways. But the cool thing about everything is that since they did this system, the requirement for achieving a Keystone Master, which is a score of 2000 to get the mount, you can just run 
level 13s and level 14s to get that score. Which means that if you want to run all the level 13s with one affix, you can still do it. And then on those easier dungeons, you just pop a couple of 14s and you get the, the score. It made for everybody much easier to achieve the mount than was in the past. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that they lowered it to 13, 14. Yeah, That's amazing. It, the, <laughs> the lowering was already season one, but you still have to do, you know, 13s and 14s with four affixes. Mm. But now is uh, is much easier because it's only three affix. And they removed some of them that were some of the worst possible things for classes. Mm. Yeah, there is discussion now that uh, there is a need of more classes with CC that deals with new affixes now. But I will take any new ones above uh, quaking, <laughs> anyone above uh, explosive. Mm. I am. I, I was celebrating with dancers around the house when that happened because those two are legitimately something of the worst uh, <laughs> things that can happen in a dungeon. I, I I will have to say though that I actually don't mind explosive, but because when I usually do those i usually were, were doing it on on a, a restro druid so i can easily just you yeah. know, moon fire spam them and then it would be no problem so you see that was before season one doing season one the rework that they wanted to do in season mm. two you couldn't have done that yeah because they were giving more health to the explosive bo exactly. balls and you couldn't just uh, tap shock <laughs> gone you actually had to actively dps yeah. them that doesn't sound like fun <laughs> no <laughs> no, it wasn't really fun. We tried it in, on, on PTR and it was legitimately the worst. One, but one of the new ones that I actually do like is the one that we're having currently um, with the, oh, what are they called? The Spectres? Afflicted? Yeah, Afflicted. yeah, the Afflicted, because I went in on my uh, my main, which is a Holy Priest, uh, and there was nobody else who could dispel and there was nobody else who could heal. It mm. was like a pure DPS group I got into, and they asked me if I could handle this, and I was like, I'll do my best, um, but it, I think I, in the whole dungeon I missed one, and I think that mm. was really good fun, because it what I sometimes get as a, as a healer is that I'm healing and then there's nothing to heal and I'm just standing there and then I, oh, I should probably switch and do some DPS. But this actually gave me a little bit of an extra game mechanic to, so it, it was good fun for me, that, that one. But there is also, there is a thing that uh, with the talent tree that we have right now, many classes have the ability and the utility to deal with these type mm. of things. And it, it becomes uh, almost, uh, uh, you know that you can do that. Oh, I didn't yeah. know. So again, you we are, as a dojo, educating classes, uh, in this case players, on how to utilize the entire pool of their ability in order to overcome situation. Because nobody's telling these people that they can do these things because if you join a POG, you are expected to yeah. know. And that's the problem. You are expected to know. And if you don't know, you are just a dead weight. And then what that happens then is the person that is called a dead weight, just leave and never turn, return again. We are there to educate. This is why we make sure that everybody has I know, a, a, a list of things that, okay, uh, shamans can decurse these things. Good. Uh, I can dispel poison. Uh, there is another one that can heal up. I can throw an off heal if I see that the healer is struggling. I, I will stop DPSing a little bit uh, just to make sure that the group uh, can deal with these things. Mm. The, those people that do not spec into this talent because they don't want to DPS, uh, they are there just for their own sake. They are there for just their own progress and their own achievement. They don't think uh, as a mm. team. 
They think I want to go in and out in 20 minutes. Are you with me? No, I'm leaving. I want to sit here all day and listen to Wochi's wise, wise words, <laughs> because I'm just like sitting here like, oh my goodness, just just in awe right now. But before we before we yes. sign off, I have a question for both of you. And mm -hmm. we'll start with the Dungeon Dojo Sensei. How would you improve Mythic Plus Dungeons or the system around it if you could or if there is a need to, or are we at a place where it's like, nope, we've we've reached perfection? I think that at the moment, we're not in, in a perfection mode because there's still something for the some of the affixes or some of the timings that these affixes come out that can be improved to avoid overlap. I'm going to make an example now. During Season 4 of Shadowlands, there was Iron Docks, and on the last boss, the one that pushes you back... Uh, and then you had to crawl back uh, hiding because of the cannon. There was a nasty overlap that says, I'm going to push you back, you are stunned, and then quaking comes, and everybody dies. And I had to fix that because to avoid these type of overlaps that are out of the control of the player. So what I would like to see more going forward is that uh, these type of overlaps should never happen, ever. So the, the dungeon has to be tested in the worst possible condition to make sure that any timer doesn't cause a wipe that is not uh, a mistake of the group. If it is a mistake of the game that causes you to wipe, the, the, the run isn't fun because you can't control these type of things. You can't plan ahead of these type of things. So that's definitely something that has to be modified and controlled in a better way. But... The, the, the other thing that I, 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 I think that can be improved is to provide a guide inside the game. We, are, we have the dungeon journal, but we have a dungeon journal just for the bosses. That tells you the abilities and everything else. There should be a, a quick tool tip for every dungeon that says, okay, critical mobs to keep in mind on how to deal. Okay, these mobs has to be interrupted. This ability has to be CC'd, this mob has to be feared, and if you have a list of all these things, you will not need an external website that tells you how to do a route. You know that if you want to go through this way, you need to make sure that you have interrupts, dispels, poison, or whatever, and you can plan ahead. We have in-depth guides on the internet, but we have still an instrument inside the game that doesn't provide you all the information to achieve, I would say, a completion of something. I'd like to piggyback on your idea, if I may. Mm -hmm. I want to create a in-game location, probably in Pandera, and it's called the Dungeon Dojo. <laughs> and you can fly there, and the uh, the senseis there will run these simulations with uh, different types of bosses that are currently on the mythic rotation or types of trash. And you can just do that in a non-dungeon oh. <laughs> environment with groups of people and you know test things out. I mean, you, you're basically you're basically saying we want the hologram room of Star yes. Trek, <laughs> but in the uh, it was trial it was the trials of Pandaria, the one you go in as a healer mm. and you have to heal a mob. So basically, there is there is already the the, the, the technology. You it's just have to there. talk to the person and say, I want to simulate the trash packs in uh, Brackenhide Hollow. Load yep. them in. 
And every time somebody does that, Wochi gets tangled. <laughs> so <I> just... <laughs> well, we can work it out if, uh, if you want to do this. <laughs> all right, Marty, top that brilliant idea. I mean, I think all my ideas are very selfish. It's probably increase my drop rate for gear um, <laughs> because I, I feel like I never get anything. Yeah, I don't know. I had another idea as well, but that's gone now. This is the most important part. <laughs> also, mi Mythic Deadmines. Mythic Deadmines... Uh... I, I did run in the past an idea, but I believe that it could have been easily abused and make the, this idea itself a little bit more trivial. In the tournament realm, when you access to that uh, for events like uh, MDI and so on, you can create your own key. So you can decide the level, you can decide the dungeon, the affix, the affixes in this case, and you just take the key, go to the dungeon and run the dungeon. A system like this, in which you can choose the combinations among a pool for every week, will make, I believe, a little bit more easier for everybody to just... I have a group that doesn't have any dispels. Can we try to get the, the, the dungeon that has the least requirement for that this week, so we can work out our team in a better way? But I believe that this probably, knowing the WoW player base, it probably can be abused in just running one dungeon with two affixes every week and then nothing, no, never seen anything else ever. But, you know, it, there is a balance there. I don't think the WoW player base would do that. They would no, uh, really definitely not. not do that. I mean, I think something like that could work if, if it's like a limited amount of time so you can, you know, pick your yes. own dungeon or something like that. Because I think if if everyone can do that, then everyone will just run the easiest dungeons over and over and over again, right? To get the gear and or get the vault uh, filled up and stuff like that. So, Absolutely, yes. But I like the idea of being able to pick. That would be cool. Yeah, um, because when I did uh, one of the the last events organized by Raider Ayo, I was the one making the keys that uh, the, the staff of Red Rider was telling me, and, and then said, okay, you need to do this, this, and that, and let's, let's fly. We were organized, uh, okay, I have a portal for Dala, and you have a portal there, so we can summon <laughs> each other. It was, it was organizational, uh, it was perfect, but it was, you could craft uh, the key that you wanted. Mm. That's the, 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 the cool part, so the technology existed. <laughs> we just want it, now. <laughs> We're going to stop there before we give Blizzard too many good ideas <laughs> exactly. that they uh, will get for free. But what an amazing chat it has been with Wochi on about the Dungeon Dojo and about Mythic Plus. Wochi, thank you so much for coming here and sharing your knowledge. And thank you for having me. Uh, you're so welcome. And we will include all links for Wochi and the Dungeon Dojo. If you want to come and check that out yourself, I know you would be so welcome there if you are looking for a place to run Mythic Plus. And the occasional raid as well. I just know, Wochi, I'm speaking on behalf of you, but I just know everyone is so welcome there. Oh, and it's such a absolutely. great a great place to come and play Warcraft. Absolutely. In. Thank you. Absolutely, All yes. Right. Who wants to uh, boost me in Freehold plus two? Uh, whatever you want. I have been Tom. That has been Marty. We've been talking WoW. Thanks for tuning in, champion. Did you enjoy this episode of Talking WoW? If so... Why not drop a review on your podcast catcher of choice or leave us a comment? You can find Talking Wow on Twitter or YouTube over at Talking Wow. Hope to see you again soon!